just check your TripAdvisor or, or or something like that, or you know, check the check the the Google comments and all of that and Expedia before you book into the Cecil Hotel in uh, in the middle of LA. This is a very interesting, um, but confusing and frustrating four-part documentary, Crime Scene, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. It's uh, directed by Joe Berlinger, and it's on Netflix if you want to see that. Um, It's interesting because it gives you all sorts of different things and can't settle on one of them. But it makes some really interesting points. The basic idea is, well, there are two basic ideas. The Cecil Hotel has been a hotel in central Los Angeles, which is right by Skid Row, which is actually a hundred year old area full of homeless people and people living on the streets and uh, people with mental health issues and drug drug addiction and a, a dangerous place to be, unless you're part of that community. And even then, it's no better roses, of course. But right in the centre of that, which, of course, people don't seem to realise. We do see a couple who've come from England who really wanted to go to L.A., booked into the hotel and thought, oh, this... And when you get into the um, into the reception, it looks great. It's all marble and beautifully 1950s, a bit art deco. And then when you go up to the to your room, it's all very 1980s, as they say. And then they went for a walk and thought, there's homeless people on the street. Yeah, you really should have checked that before you booked this hotel. Because the trip was dead cheap, we thought the hotel is too. We do see the woman who, from 2010 to 2017, was the hotel manager when some issues took place. But the history of the hotel is that it's partially residential. And when somebody bought it for 26 mil and tried to change it into a kind of uh, into a different kind of hotel, because they had people who had cheap rooms there, and so consequently they were people who. Um, some were on Skid Row who who wanted a, a bed for the night or the week. Or, you know, there were people who lived there all the time who had multiple issues. It was that kind of place, and they had rooms in the top of the of the of the of the, the building. There are fifteen floors in the building, and um, it wasn't ideal. Quite a lot of nefarious activity happened there. There was an awful lot of partying, drug taking, deaths. People fell from there, from jumped from the roof. People um, threw themselves out windows. People OD'd, of course. People took their lives. There's a lot of deaths taking place. Um, I think she said over a over a, a ten year period. I think the woman who, who who was the manager, eighty deaths. I think she said. But that's part partly to do with the clientele. And as I say, when it was bought for that large amount of money. They tried to revamp it and found they couldn't because city ordinances said that really you need to offer certain rooms for people who can only afford low rents or low payments. So they had to cordon off certain areas in the Cecil Hotel and then they created another thing which was called, was it called Hotel on Main or something like that, which was a a separate kind of quite cheap and cheerful hotel with lots of uh, colours with with a separate reception, smaller reception with lots of bright oranges and all that kind of thing, and lots of backpackers came and people making 
having their holiday and young people and all of that. The only issue is that, and and also the rooms were in a different part of the hotel, the, the, the third, fourth and fifth floors. So you weren't going to meet some of the other occupants unless you use the communal lift. And as they said, you could be riding that lift with someone who is bugging out. So what people often think about the Cecil Hotel, you know, it, it's a bit like the Chateau Marmont, isn't it, or the Chelsea. You know, there's a lot of nefarious activity there. It has a certain draw for some people. And some people say it has an aura. And because of all the death and depravity and terrible goings on, it has an inverted commas, evil situation. Well, if you believe that, that's fine because you create that for yourself, don't you? If you want to believe in inverted commas good and inverted commas evil, then you can, can't you? You can create those parameters for yourself. So that's the setup. The specific issue is that um, someone who, who was, uh, it was, it was a young woman, 21 years old, Elisa Lam, coming from Canada, had to convince her parents, she said, to let her travel. Now that becomes more, uh, the reason for that becomes clearer later on. Very big person on Tumblr, was posting all the time, posting an awful lot of her uh, of her life, was accepting hookups, not for sex or anything, but for to chat with people, you know, when she went to these places and came to LA, checked in to the Cecil Hotel. And didn't come out. Went missing. And people wondered why. And then the police were involved. We had two retired police cop, police, uh, LA uh, policemen, both of whom looked like they could be in um, cop Hollywood films. One of them is kind of a very nicely coiffured bloke in, a, sh- in, a, in a, a shirt and tie. The other one looks like Ethan Hawke. Speaks like him as well. And they were looking at security cameras so there was a hundred hours of footage from certain security cameras in the place so we were doing that 20 hours a day and suddenly we found a video of Elisa Lam in the lift but it wasn't a normal or an expected piece of footage because in it she gets into the lift then bends over to scrutinize the buttons presses Almost all of them in the centre row. The door remains open. People wondering, why does the door remain open? She then hides in the corner of the, the lift after looking out at the door. Then goes out and seems to be talking to somebody. She's just gesticulating. Then she goes to the left, doesn't come back and isn't seen again. So the, so the programme is about where did she go? And then, so we've got the police there and all of that. The third part of the programme is about the police releasing that video of her in the lift and people with nothing better to do, internet sleuths. One of the people who was interviewed is called an internet sleuth and I suspect that's what, that's what the the programme maker was told to do. I don't know, but I suspect it. The people in the community who are looking at this tape over and over and over again, because it does seem a little weird. And then they decided to put they decided to put together how she died, how they feel she died. They're ringing the police 
and saying, I think it's this. They get hundreds of calls from people worldwide saying, I think this happened. It's like that Columbo episode when he's in the IQ Sigma Club and they're all telling him how they think the murder happened. It's like that only 100% larger. And then they, they, it just shows you the power of the internet. They, I don't know how they do this or why they do this or who started this. They fixate on a Mexican black and death metal singer called Morbid who likes the corpse paint, does all that kind of, um, you know, in the ground, maggots, that kind of thing, has been at the the, uh, Cecil Hotel, the Cecil Hotel, and has videoed himself there. They automatically think he was there when she was there. He must have killed her. Absolutely no reason. It's like people who say, who who burned the house down of that bloke who they thought was a paedophile, but actually he was a paediatrician. It's like, you know, it's it's that ridiculous and dangerous because they interview Morbid later on and he he was he was bombarded with hate messages, not hate mail, that's so last decade, so last century, with messages, emails, we know you killed her, why don't you die? I'm gonna come and find you. And it really affected him mentally. And he said he had a problem, he had a mental breakdown. And he said, I've not been able to make music since. When I try, it's not the same. And they didn't even check when he was there. He had been there two years before. So it's it's a real comment. It doesn't make any comment because the interviews with these sleuths is enough. You know, they are, they go to the hotel, to the lift where it actually happened, to her room. They're allowed onto the roof, more of that in a minute. And they glory in it, partially. It looks like, but also are very keen to solve this crime. You know, there's sweetness in it, but there's also, um, because it's such a massive community, real danger in allowing it to grow. And and, And how do you stop it on the internet? How do you do that? So that's part of it with them not being able to leave it alone. Eventually, they find Elisa Lam and she is in one of the um, water um, towers on the, on the roof. She is naked. She is dead. She seems to have drowned. They wait with interest the autopsy report. The police do, so do the internet sleuths. By the way, the English couple who um, who were so so horrified by the, by the state outside on Skid Row find their water pressure is dropping and the water is kind of a bit sludgy. They've been drinking it. It's a bit brown and they've been drinking it. Why would you do that? Go out and get bottled water. They, they report it. The maintenance guy goes up, finds the body. Not so happy you drank it now, are you, mate? So, the autopsy comes back, and it was, um, it was accidental. The death was accidental. But these internet sleuths, they procure a copy of the death certificate. 
and both drowning and accidental death have both been marked down. They think, oh, there's some foul play here. What the coroner says is, I made a mistake on it and I, I initialed it and I put the date on. And it's the 18th, but the other one looks like the 15th. But you can see it is an 8. Oh, it is, yeah. So I did it on both. I did. I just made a mistake. But also there's some concern about, um, well, there's a police officer who says to, uh, in a news report, when we found her, the, uh, the hatch was closed on the water tank. Well, that sets them thinking. And it's almost as if people need something need something they need to keep this going can't leave it alone need something don't want it to end so there's conspiracy theories galore of course it's a simple explanation the maintenance man says in his witness statement when I got up there the the water tank was open and um, it's thought that the policeman just got it wrong there's no other evidence that it was closed. And we do piece together. So it's quite, there's another part to this, which is a kind of a kind of detective story um, with all the bits coming together. What they think has happened is that she's, uh, she's uh, suffering from bipolar and she has medication and hadn't been taking her medication. The, the uh, coroner said, what, I didn't find any drink or drugs or anything around um, any kind of abrasion or any... Uh, anything sexual around that at all but what I did find is that she was taking less of her medication than she probably should have been and the concern is that she had um, she'd had some episodes some psychotic episodes which apparently she was prone to and um, then we find stuff that even the police hadn't been told for instance the, the woman who ran managed the hotel said well she did come down to reception um acting very strangely you know keeping people away and saying there's somebody after me and all of that i didn't report it because i just thought well this is the cecil hotel it's kind of things happen you know and she went to a to a taping a tv taping that night and wrote a long and rambling letter which she insisted that the host was given taking taken in this light the uh, video from the lift makes more sense. Well, somebody was um, was following her. She'd been moved from a communal room because she was saying she wouldn't let people in. The, her, uh, her roommates were knocking on the door and she was saying oh, there should be a password so she was putting a room on her own. And as I say, you know, when you look at the footage in the, in the lift with, uh, with her talking to somebody and see, or seeming to talk to somebody, this could have been a psychotic episode. And what her family had said, or what the history was, that she like would during these psychotic episodes think someone was after her and run away and hide. She could get outside the building, up um, a, a ladder to the roof, and she could have got in there. We don't know. We will never know, and that's something that's interesting, but nobody can really leave it alone. You know, the nothing is closed, and that's interesting. We don't know how it happened. There could be nefarious stuff. There could be. Someone could have killed her, although they say, well, they'd have to bring her up a ladder and then walk across narrow strips of pipe with a body to get to the water tower. 
That's, it, it's also not closed for those internet sleuths who desperately need it to be open, I feel. Certainly not closed for that death metal singer who will never be the same again, he says. And it's not closed for the police either, who say, we should have checked in the water towers. And we didn't. And that's something that will plague me even though I'm retired. It's actually a really good piece of work. Um, it's confused because it's all over the place and throwing all sorts of things in. Is it an evil hotel? No. What about these internet sleuths? What about the story here? How did she die? What about the police? Was there a cover-up at the hotel? They, they throw loads of mud here and they're not bothered if any of it sticks because that's keeping you interested. It's a great story, very interesting and asks some massive questions about the internet. Worth looking at on Netflix. Four and a half out of five, four episodes, not bad at all. I binged watched them, was very tired the next day, but was it was absolutely worth it. And yeah, don't go to the Cecil unless you've done your research. Ta-ta.